Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Progeny Podcast. Today I am joined by Asad Hamir. Asad is a father of two and he comes from the Khoja Shia community. Asad is a tech and wellness entrepreneur who runs an investment portfolio called Motherboard. Motherboard starts, operates and invests in brands in the technology and wellness space. The group employs 130 people in the UK and operates under the ethos of improving our everyday experience with our technology. He has recently appeared on Dragon's Den, where he received investment from two dragons for one of his portfolio businesses, Okashuld. Assalamu alaikum, Asad. Thank you for coming. Alaikum, real pleasure to be here. Um, some people might recognize you from Dragon's Den. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? How did you get onto Dragon's Den? Hi, Dragons. My name is Dhruvin Patel. My name is Asad Hamir. We're here today because we're seeking £75,000 in exchange for 5% equity in our business. So uh, the, business, the business, the founder basically was nagging me for like two years, um, like saying we should go on there. It's great for recognition and stuff like that. And I never felt we were quite ready. Um, but the business started to really move fast during the pandemic um, because Occhishield's a blue light wellness eye health brand. Um, and as it started to move quickly, um, he then came back and said, we should really look at it this year. Yeah. It's a good time to do it. And um, actually, they reached out to us. Um, wow. Um, uh, and, um, and yeah, we were like, okay, let's, let's go for it. And you go through a process with BBC and, and, and stuff, which takes a few months. Um, but yeah, luckily, we were on there in September 2020. So during COVID? During COVID, yeah. Okay. And did you actually film that during uh yeah, so uh, we filmed it uh, September 20. There wasn't any lockdowns, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, we went up to, it's in Manchester. Um, and um, yeah, you go up. And before that, you have two or three rounds of like um, auditions. You do like a video audition. Basically, they're testing. Are you are you credible? Yeah. Are you good on camera? You know, um, is, is there a story here? And they obviously, if you look at the program, there's the ones which are jokes and then the ones that get investments, right? Yeah. And I think we were probably in the category of uh, investments. What did you present to them? So we presented the, we presented the, the OcuShield business as a growth story. So we were doing, um, uh, you know, in that year, we did about 600 grand the prior year turnover. And Amazing. Then, and then the year we were going into when we went to present, we were on, to on track to do 1.8 million. So it was a real growth story in the brand. Um, and obviously blue light as a, um, as a, uh, it's something which affects your eyes, comes from your screens, so any digital device, your phones, your MacBooks, as they've got brighter and more powerful, they emit more and more of this thing called blue light. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a very relevant uh, topic because blue light is something that's talked about in skincare, it's talked in various different wellness categories. Mm -hmm. um, and as people were using their tech more and more, and as our, as our lives had become more technology infused, people were looking for things which could improve their relationship with their tech. Um, so blue light and hence the category really took off. Um, so we presented the business and uh, yeah, luckily we had, we, we went in looking at uh, Tej and Peter Jones as our two main kind of targets. Why? So Ted, Ted, Ted is a wellness uh, yeah. entrepreneur yeah. and um, Vitabiotics. Know, Vitabiotics. Yeah. And if you look at the story, um, you know, it's is amazing story that he's got, you know, himself and the family and come from East Africa as well. So as you know, the Kojo community and stuff. Okay. Um, and then Peter, uh, actually one of the reasons why tech. I got, yeah, he's telecoms and tech. And he's one of the mm. reasons why I went into the telecoms industry actually, cause I read his book. Wow. Uh, back in, I think it was 2000, 
Yeah, that's not 2005. Read his book. So to read his book and then going on there, and and obviously my my first business was in telecoms. Okay. Um, so um, I knew him. I've met him at different award ceremonies and things like that. So if we could get those two guys, Occupy kind of occupies two worlds. It's it's wellness and healthcare, but it's mm-hmm. also a screen protector which goes onto your phone or a filter that goes onto your MacBook. So it's kind of fusing um, health tech almost, so fusing the healthcare world and the technology world. Um, so we thought if we could get those two, then that'd be amazing. And they both jumped on. They both jumped on, yeah. So we we were in there for an hour and a half. Um, so, wow. So you, we only see like ten minutes of of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we we got there night before. Uh, they said we don't know what time you're going to be on, so you have to literally just wait. They give you a dressing room and uh, and stuff, and uh, so you're just waiting. And I think it was about three, four o'clock until we finally got on. Um, and apparently they had a couple of bad pitches before that, so they were waiting for something good. So they were in a bad mood. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, and um, yeah, and we came on. And I think you know, me and Ruben really, who's the founder, we really rehearsed very well. Um, so when we came on, we, we I think we did did quite well. And they both gave you what the deal that you guys wanted to go for. Or? So we we went in uh, wanting seventy five k for five percent. Okay. Um, they Are you go- a good negotiator? I think so, <laughs> okay. but I was I was actually reflecting on it um, as you do right after, yeah. and um, we got we got an okay deal. Okay. Um, we got seventy five k for fifteen percent. That's good. Yeah, but you know you obviously look back on it and go right. I could have done better and 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 whatever. But we didn't actually go in for the money. So we went in for the marketing, of course, and yeah. um, probably 75k isn't that much, knowing that you said you're close to 1.8 million. Yeah, but it, but it's more 90% of the businesses that go on there is probably not a fact. Many people know actually don't go and go through with the investment. So there's no legal obligation for you to go through with the investment. Okay, yeah, obviously because you're not. You're not you're it's not really different to the Shark Tank equivalent in the US, okay. where there is a legal obligation. I didn't know that. Yeah, so the Dragons then BBC being a national uh, institution, I guess they probably don't want to um, tie people in. Um, and um, yeah, so you go on there. There's no legal obligation. We we thought look, if we got the 75k for five percent, and it and it did make sense, and we felt a good feeling with the two dragons and their teams then maybe we'd consider it we didn't quite get the deal and we 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 gave them the benefit of the doubt so we went through the process and we just didn't feel it was quite right for us as a business Mm. and the business had grown a lot uh, as well through that process so in the end we turned them down um, and we actually went and raised we just recently raised uh, for the business uh, at six million valuation we've just raised a million pounds Oh. So, um, yeah, I think it was the right call. It was the right call, definitely, yeah. from 75. And we're so. still friends with their family offices and stuff like that. And they've told us, look, when you when you go through your next uh, fundraise. So that's another good thing about going through a process like that, the network that it opens up and stuff like that as well. Uh, I mean, alhamdulillah, I got to know you through a friend um, who introduced me to yourself and said, you know, I said, we'll be amazing on, 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 on this podcast. Got to credit on the podcast as well. Yeah, Zahid, 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 yeah, Zahid, Zahid this is your recommendation. So <laughs> this is for you. Share it to everyone. <laughs> everyone in the Khoja community, inshallah. But um, a lot of people now, I feel, are um, maybe thinking mm. about that route, mm. about being an entrepreneur, yeah, starting up your own business. Yeah, But I'm sure, you know, you didn't, there's a journey to, to to all of this and for sure um from my why well, i know you studied optometry yeah at university yeah and quite you, different yeah and, you, and your family are all 
uh, optometrist. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, so you... there's 45 of us. Mashallah. So my mum, my sister. 45. Um, my missus. Uh, yeah, first cousins. Literally all first cousins as well. Okay. And so, uh, 45 in the UK? In the UK. Mashallah, that's yeah. amazing. I don't know about the ones abroad. Okay, okay. Sure just more. just in the UK, there's 45. <laughs> yeah. Mashallah. Yeah. And that's what you did as well. Correct, yeah. So my family, when they came from East Africa, they came from Uganda, my mum uh, had a degree in optometry and the family saw it as a, a good opportunity to uh, to open a business. Because at, at that time, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard the stories. There was the signs of, you know, no blacks, no Asians, no dogs, you mm. know, difficult to get jobs. So the, th- the route was entrepreneurship, so business. And they opened a chain of opticians. So I think at the peak they had three or four. It was great for the family. No one really made loads of money. But what it did is it got the whole family through education. They all did optom- optometry. And um, so I guess growing up in the business um, and seeing that as my ecosystem around me, um, my, my father actually encouraged me to go down that route. Um, but he was actually an electrical engineer. Okay. So we would always have technology in the house. So, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, desktops, would be coming home, repairing it, he'd be opening it up. And I used to love seeing the inside of, you know, a motherboard um, and, you know, all the... Where the name comes which from. Which is where the name comes from. Wow. Um, so it's seeing the inside of a computer and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And that got me hooked on tech. And, and then, like, you know, from there, I just loved tech as well. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know, career path and all that, I felt that um, I should listen to my father, go down the optometry route. And, and it was a good, it was definitely a good degree to do, actually. In and you practiced as well. Yes, yeah, so I practiced for about 18 months. Um, uh, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I told my father I didn't enjoy it. And my and what happened was uh, the iPhone launched um, actually my third year university. So Steve Jobs got up on stage and says, here's iPhone. Um, and it wasn't until about six or seven months later, but I, I, I could tell at that point, well, firstly, I could tell that I loved it. Um, but second, you could see that this is a huge opportunity. Are you an iPhone person, by the way? I'm an, always an iPhone person. Oh. I have, I have dilly dallied onto Samsung's and, and stuff okay. like that, but I always come back. Come back to it. <laughs> and um, then 18 months in, you thought? Yeah, so 18 months in, O2 had the exclusivity for the iPhone. Um, and it was actually funny because in Stanmore, Jamath, um, O2 was the only mobile phone network that worked um, and <laughs> okay. there was no other mobile phone network where you could get coverage except O2 except O2 and they there's had, some deal happening yeah. there <laughs> so the stars were aligning yeah um, and my thoughts were like I could you know and I saw the commercial model and that time mobile was a really lucrative uh, industry um, and um, so I thought you know I could um, open a business here I was 22 23 when I started um, and that was my first kind of venture. And I remember it's funny you say now people are thinking about entrepreneurship and it's something that actually, you know, a lot of people may be consider- considering first even coming out of university and things like that. Back then, people looked at me and they said, you're stupid. Like, you know, you got a degree. Why are you going to business? And I was one of very few of my friends that actually were even thinking about it. Um, so it's funny how times have changed so much since then. And actually that ecosystem around then, I had nothing in terms of, you know, books to read or YouTube videos to watch or, you know, anything like that. So a lot of the early years was just, uh, you know, mistakes, learnings, um, getting stuck in. But yeah, that's where this, that's where it all started. And then you st- you you were into having mobile shops. Yeah, so we had a chain of uh, O2 franchises. Um, okay. So we had, oh, it got up to about 16 O2 franchises. Um, so I still have that business today. 
um, and uh, we got up to I think about 170,000 customers. Um, O2 actually really trusted us as a business then, and we started to diversify the business with O2. So then we went into B2B um, and a few other areas with O2, and we, um, you know, it's still um, today it's a key part of my portfolio because it opens up my network to lots of different people. Um, and whilst we've diversified the portfolio now into other areas and, you know, we both operate other businesses and we invest in other brands, um, the mobile um, uh, business is still very close to my heart. Um, you, you mentioned something that people thought, wow, you're leaving your degree yeah. or not degree. You've, you've got a degree and you're going into to business and, th and they, w they thought that's something that's not normal. Yeah. Now I feel some some are even aren't even thinking about getting a degree. Mm. So before they even reach that stage, they're talking about starting up a business. Correct. And you know, some I know will say no. Make sure you get that degree. Mm. And then I don't know. Sometimes they'll say something to fall back on if you know if it doesn't work up with your with your business. Yeah. How, how do you draw the balance? How do you know? No, I definitely I want to start a business, or. I should get a degree. What would your advice be? I think you've got to get those life skills. Um, and um, I was thrown in the deep end with the business, but having gone through university, you do get to meet lots of different cultures. You know, um, the course gave me something to fall back on. If anything was to go wrong, business is no joke, right? It's full of risk. And I've had a failed business as well, you know, and um, it's easy to fail actually. And, and nowadays also, it's almost in social media and YouTube, it's kind of encouraged you should fail you know mistakes and yeah. failure is a key yeah. part of the process which yeah. is always talked about but the reality of it is when you do fail money you know all that stuff becomes more challenging right and luckily i had something to fall back on in terms of i built a bit of an infrastructure even though i failed in this other business so i think it's really really important for you to think about a, a degree which gives you an alter alternative career path just in case if you are going down the entrepreneurship route, you've got something to fall back on and even today as an optometrist, you can still, you know, God forbid, if any, you know, I, I didn't want to continue with my businesses, I could go and continue being an optometrist and earn, you know, a good wage um, living in London. So I think it's super important. Looking looking at your growth, uh, how important do you think uh, it is to continue learning and keep yourself learning? Because you've gone into different sort yeah. of fields. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if I if I look at you know optometrist, and then into telecoms and tech, and I had that, um, I guess the you know the desire for the industry, but the learning from a business point of view um, has only come through doing. Um, so my answer to this would be twofold. So I think it's really important, obviously, to keep learning, of course, but the learning it has to balance between the literature um, and watching videos and whatever to actually doing. Um, and you have to go through those mistakes. You have to go through, it's right, you know, what, what you hear about, you know, you have to go through those mistakes to learn from them and you'll never make those mistakes again. Um, but it is a constant learning process, um, entrepreneurship. There is no book you can, single book you're going to be able to read or a single video you're going to be able to watch. I think the biggest learning you know mike tyson says that you know you, i can't remember the exact phrase but until you get punched in the face you know you don't know um what's going on and i think it's so true about business like you know um and you know and 
as an entrepreneur or as a business person, you always think you know it all, um, but actually you don't know anything. I think that's the other thing about learning is don't be afraid to reach out to other people and learn from their experiences um, because there's always someone that's been there and done it before you have. And if you're worried about, you know, it's a common thing in our community, for example, I'm worried about my business idea being stolen or, you know, whatever it is. If it gets stolen, it's not good enough a business idea or your execution strategy wasn't good enough. Okay, interesting. You have to be open to that. If you're if you are really behind your business idea, then only you will make it as good as it will be, not the guy who's going to steal it. And we've had examples of where we've, you know, shared the business and it's, you know, ideas have been stolen. It's part and parcel of the process. Um, but, you know, uh, so definitely, you know, gone round and round in circles. No, no, but but learning, learning is all different angles. And it's, it's all just, you know, in everything. I, I'd say every single day I'm learning. So if I, you know, give you an example, I need an influencer agency or something like that. What's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm not going to go on Google. I'm going to go into my network. And I'm going to ask, you know, who who knows who's the best influencer agency, you know, for this brand, who should we work with? That's all learning as well, right? Because it's all network. You've mentioned network quite a few times. Mm. And you've said that, you know, you kept maybe O2 because of the networks that you, you've built while at O2. Um, how important is it in your business to have a good network? And uh, how can someone, cr- you know, have a good network how do you you know what's the best way to get a good network so network is everything um you know what's the phrase your network is your net worth right yeah um and a network is not measured by your followers on instagram or your linkedin uh followers or anything like that it's built through relationships that you're going to have with people and time you're going to spend with them and, and emotional connections you're going to build with them you know, that's your network. Because that's when, when the chips are down, you can fall back on people, um, not just when the chips are up. And that's also where you learn a lot about your network. It's like similar to your friend circle, right? Um, but um, uh, I think, uh, you know, all the, you know, personally now I'm finding the more I'm doing as well, um, the more your network grows. And that is the power of social media. The, you know, the more you put out, um, the more your network can grow. Um, and your network, you've got to evaluate, evaluate why you're putting things out, what your purpose is, um, not just to, you know, share your story on whatever, why you're doing it, you know, what's the reason you're putting it out? Is it to attract more customers? Is it to, you know, bring on more suppliers to attract um, people you're going to invest in, whatever those things are. So you've got to be also focused with your network as well. It's, mm. um, you know, you've got to think about what types of people you want to connect with. Do you think, you know, f- from our community, specifically, you're from a Khoja background, um, are you seeing more people in the community wanting to take that route? I think definitely more people wanting to. I'm seeing less actually making it into the tech world or the design world or, you know, into into those worlds where you see them having raised a funding round or you know, having exited a business or, you know, things like that compared to, I don't know, the Gujarati community or, you know, other communities, which I feel, you know, even even the Afro-Caribbean and the black community through the BLM movement are mm. thriving in entrepreneurship right now. There are so many great examples of black founders who have raised significant amounts of money or have exited businesses. So I think there's a lot more that can be done. 
and should be done. Um, and a big part of it, you know, I was reflecting about that coming in here today. I think the thing that I've, all the things I've done is just been through putting myself into these situations, learning, trying, doing, failing, trying again, you know, being somewhere, being in a networking event, being at a training event, you know, investing in those things, putting myself into those circles, which opens my mind to areas which I didn't know about. I didn't know there was that opportunity there. Right, let me try that. And I do think as Shias, as Muslims, we think different to other people. So we have other advantages amongst our peers in other cultures. You know, whether it's um, our spiritualism, our single-mindedness like that, you know, um, or whether it's... um, you know, our, our community, and I'll give you an example of this. Mm. I built my O2 business through the Stanmore community. I probably sold 4,000 phones in the first year, oh. which, um, you know, basically built my business. More so, to the co- community members. Yeah, and that's a huge advantage that we have as people in our culture because we are very community-led, right? Mm. We're all connected and that's the the power of tapping into that community. As a 22, 23-year-old, I wasn't, you know, that well-known or connected within the community, but I knew that Stanmore had... O2 was the only network that worked, right? And I knew that if I just put up adverts and I start, you know, selling to one uncle and auntie and whoever and gave mm. them good service, that it will, the news would spread, and it did. So I think that's, that's a, you know, real... And I know Hassan came on this show Hassan Kuba a while yeah, back yeah. unfair advantage right yeah, that we have yeah, yeah. as a as a community or as people from our cultures is our community I should get both of you on one on one podcast <laughs> that would be amazing um you also mentor several um yeah businesses um is that sort of your way of maybe giving back to to the, your community as well so twofold so I do I do mentor as my pipeline people that i then invest in so um Oki shield for example was a business that i mentored initially then i invested and now we've done a fundraise and now we're going on that path towards you know building that growing it and exiting it one day and i've got two or three other investments and we've got a pipeline of other ones that we're looking at amazing then i do mentor within my community where i don't have such a commercial lens at things and and that's purely from a point of view of i actually just want more of us in these worlds um and um you know getting people to think differently um from a young age as well like you know i used to teach a madrasa and i probably wasn't the best like madrasa teacher from a you know we'll have to ask your students or whatever (laughs) class point of view but i'd always get them to like run like um entrepreneurship style um exercises and things like that just getting their minds thinking differently at age of 14 13 15 whatever it is so you you chose uh, motherboard as the name. Yes, amazing name. Um, how did that come about? How did the whole? So um, the name obviously came from my father, and um, okay. yeah, the, the the history with that, and you know, I've always been fascinated by by um, yeah chips and all that stuff, and and uh, I, for me, it was uh, the mothership brand, you know, for me, and it's you know, if you think of a motherboard, it powers everything, yeah. 
uh, without the motherboard, you it doesn't matter how good your CPU is or how good your graphics card is, you know, mm. nothing works. Nothing <laughs> works, right? So it, it was, it was my, it was that was my thinking around it that I wanted to build an ecosystem of brands, and I knew that I couldn't just do it on my own. I have to invest in founders. I want to, I want to invest in founders who have the right mindset to create powerful brands. Um, but the process will happen by accident, to be honest. Um, okay. So I didn't intend on creating this portfolio. It just happened that I did a talk at City University, which then unearthed Juven, you know, with Arif, who's the click business. Um, you know, with him, it was just quite an organic process. Um, and so in the end, once we'd done two, three of them, I was like, oh my God, i got a portfolio here. So then, you know, we started to think about things. And that's the thing also about business as well. Don't overthink it. You know, it's an organic process. Mm. Yeah, it just happens. These things will happen, right? So you can't, you, there's no point trying to build a, you know, super complex strategy um, and um, overthink everything. You just got to do and, you know, pray that it works out. Works out. <laughs> Oh, you know, again, this is you. You said you said earlier on that it was it's different. Um, the fact that you were Muslim Shias plays in, in, into what you do. How much do you think, um, or how important do you think religion is with the work that you do? I think it's vital. I think it keeps you so grounded. Um, so I'll give you an example of this, and it's a story story I don't share often, but I'll share it on this podcast. One of the reasons why I think the business um, that failed that I was involved with was um, my co-founders wanted to put alcohol inside uh, a particular store that we had. And it didn't fit with my values, but I was a minority shareholder in the business. So I couldn't oppose it. Um, mm. I couldn't. I would get outvoted. So I had to, in the end, like it just didn't feel right, even though commercially, you know, I could make Makes money. Sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it didn't feel right. And when you're not, when you're, when it doesn't feel right, and you're conflicted, and that conflict, conflictedness has come from years in madrasa, or you know, days and days in Stanmore, and you know, being part of the community, and you know, people instilling the Ahlbeits into you. Um, that's why I felt conflicted, and that's why, um, you know, I felt that I couldn't be involved in that business anymore. And I actually started to step away from it. And I worked, walked away from millions of pounds, literally millions of pounds, two to three million pounds. Um, but I couldn't be involved in that business because that would have an impact on me, my my soul. But once you start to go down that route, it's a very slippery slope. And then my family, you know, and I was 30 years old, you know, 30, 31 years old. I thought you look 30 now. MashaAllah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm 37. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I think it's super important because it, it really helps you be grounded. You don't need to go down these routes to make money. You know, um, you can make money in lots of different ways. You can be proud of your culture, proud of your religion. You know, we, you know, people feel afraid to show their religion and their culture. Yeah. You shouldn't because people are very respectful these days. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it make, I, I think it's, uh, give, it makes you a point of strength. Absolutely. The fact that you have certain values that Absolutely. you go by Absolutely. and principles. So if anything, it's to your advantage. Yeah, and I think also you praying, spiritualism, you know, other cultures where they're not, don't have what we have, they're searching for it. 
they're doing their 5 a.m. wake-ups, their mindfulness, their yoga retreats, you know, all that stuff. And all that stuff is great. We can still do all that of stuff course, as yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah. But the yin and yang we have, you know, the it's so powerful, you know. The, the, the how you feel when you wake up in the morning and you've, you've missed your subul versus when you've actually prayed it and how you can perform in business i you know you i can see it in my own performance day in day out so um it's it's so powerful it's easier said than than done you know i i i wouldn't know what again i'd hope that if i'm in a position where knowing that there's a deal on the table and if i go into that deal i could make millions mm. but at the same time i could be doing something that's that's against my faith and against my values that I've been taught from a young age. I'm hoping I'd walk away. Mm. But being placed in that situation is different than actually saying yes, I'd walk away. Absolutely. You know, how 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 does one in in all your deals that you do and all the business that you do make sure that you're you you know, you, you don't let yourself do something that you know isn't part of your faith and your belief so i think i always surround myself with the right people mm, i think that's important. super important and that's both in my business and outside my business i mean i'm recruiting people i'm also recruiting for values amazing they don't need to have the same culture as me they don't need to come from stanmore or whatever but um they have to have the same values and that's super important and if if i can surround myself with those people then i'll make the right decisions and of course there are some always cultural differences between those people and things like yeah. that but then that's where your mental network comes in that's when you know making connections and having people from stamp like you know whether it's from stam or other communities yeah. that we have who have been in business you know i always have people that you know i always go and ask for help from and you know brainstorm or you know sense check things so i think it's a combination so both recruiting for values mm. and also having a support network around you yeah i think that's so important you know having the right people around you yeah you know choosing your, even your right friends having family support um, and uh having a strong partner, uh, a wise partner, someone that's going to support you is important. Um, family to you is important. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Father of two, mashallah. Yeah. Um, how, are you, how old are your kids? So they're 12 and 9. Mashallah. Yeah. And, and that's actually an interesting point because wanting to raise them in the environment and ultimately why I'm doing this is for them, right? Amazing. You know, the business is for them. And eventually, I was talking to my son today. He was saying, in 12 years, you're coming to work in the business. <laughs> I was saying, 18, 18, you're going uni. And 12 years, you're going into the business. So he's like, yeah, yeah. He's, like, you know, he's on it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> what, what do you want to do? And I says, I want to make products. So I was like, okay, cool. So what kind of products anyway? But um, yeah. You're so, not giving away any of his ideas now. No, no. <laughs> so, but it's... it's, um, it's it's for them we're doing this um, and yeah. therefore the business that you build has to be the right fit for them because you keep them in this right circle correct 
because otherwise, you know, and it's so much harder. Oh, it's harder these days than it was back when we were growing up, right? Like we didn't have all this. I mean, we had ICQ and we're just starting <laughs> and MSN Messenger was starting yeah. and stuff like that. But they were just exposed yeah. to so much, right? So, um, yeah, so I think for them uh, and, you know, the support from the fam, you know, parents, misses, everyone, I think, of course, those people are so important. They keep you grounded um, as well. Why did you choose to invest in, in, in technology and wellness? What, you know, technology, okay, you mentioned, but why, why, why only those two brands do, do, you, do you want to invest in? So I love tech. I just okay. think technology, if you think of, and I still remember my first, when we were selling iPhones, we, mm. I think, remember we, our demonstration was in 2009, we'd say, right, we're going to call Starbucks in New York, right? And okay. you watch this. Um, we a lady in Starbucks, this poor lady, got, must have got so many calls from us. But we would demo that through the Apple Maps and we'd call this Starbucks and it, and it would just blow people's minds how technology or the iPhone at the time was totally changing the world. Um, and it's the same, um, I guess, that innovation is what drives me, wanting to do things which make things better. And that's very much at the heart of the motherboard ethos. Um, you know, innovation, trying to make things better, especially through design, is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, and then from a wellness point of view, I think this has come about in the last three, four years because our relationship with our technology has changed so much you know we're surrounded by it over here but it's in our lives every single day and our minds our bodies have not caught up with the evolutionary change that's happened as a result of that um, and whether it's that or the algorithms that are plugged into instagram or facebook how it keeps you plugged into the system like a you know a jackpot um, or a you know one of those um, slot machines Jeez you know, in a casino, you're constantly hooked in. And so therefore, our relationship to maximize what we can do with technology is, is um, you know, an area of real interest for me from a wellness point of view. So beyond the commercial opportunities, I just have an interest in these areas. And I think that's really important in business. You've got you to enjoy these, these areas. You've got you to be actually really interested in them. So if, if, if someone is starting, you know, a business, do they have to actually have the passion for what they're going into? Or could they say, I'm just picking this because I know it will make me money? I think you, 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 need to have, you need to have some sort of passion or experience in that sector. You don't need to be necessarily super excited about, you know, I don't know, let's say the optometry sector. Mm. You know, I, I was never the best optometrist, but could I run an optician's business? Yes, I could because I enjoy the op the business side of things, mm -hmm. and I enjoy the service, and I enjoy retail. So you've got to have something that you enjoy, otherwise it's gonna it's gonna be painful, right? <laughs> so, um, so I think you've got to have a passion, not necessarily just in the sector, but of, of whatever the how you're of serving course. customers. How you otherwise you're gonna feel bored. You're gonna get bored. You you know money can't be the only driver. Of course, money is the you know is uh, is important, but it's the byproduct of the process that you go through. So um, uh, I think one way or another, you've got to have that passion. Have you have you dwelled into anything to do with the crypto space? And what do you think of all? So I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. So um, I invested back, when was it? Two and a half, three years ago. Um, into, into Ripple. Okay. 
And um, I invested about £10,000 and £10,000 turned into £100,000 in two months. I went on holiday. I didn't check it for a week. Looked at it after a week. 100000 dropped down to 40000 And after that, I said, I'm never investing in something I don't understand. I, I, I got the money out, so I, I still made 10 k um, But generally, I don't understand it, if I'm honest. Okay. And um, whilst I believe some of these um, things are going to be the future of how we do banking or you know, any of those things, they're still very much in their infancy. Um, and I believe at the moment you can't justify investments other than bets, really, and, and driving and, and investing, hoping that there is a forward growth because of just the market and the hype and all those things. That's the same things with NFTs. And, you know, they're so early as a as a technology. Um, but actually, um, I went to a talk um, in something called Singularity University. And if anyone's listening, please do look it up. Okay. It's hosted by a guy called Peter Diamandis. And Peter Diamandis is is a guy who believes in things like um, mining asteroids for um, various things, diamonds and all kinds of stuff. And he has various companies that are very futuristic. But he brings in the best thinkers in the world um, to talk about future trends. And this was six or seven years ago. They were talking about um, Bitcoin. And... Oh, wow. At that time, I was like, and I still remember it was Bitcoin was like hundred dollars or something like that, you know, at that point. So, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but but you know that's that's the thing, right? It's um, there's always going to be those moments in life where you're going to have missed out on investments and whatever. But I, I always say, look, do things that you understand. If you don't understand it, something interests, go in understand it. You haven't thought about actually trying to understand it, maybe, or you know. Everyone around me is talking about NFTs and crypto. I don't understand yeah. any of it. And that kind of opens up the, uh, a very interesting line dialogue that your biggest commodity in entrepreneurship that you have is time. Mm. You could do anything, right? Like, you know, I could, with the experience I've got now in e commerce or retail, you can go and do anything, right? Could open lots of different types of businesses and always get approached. But I have a single-minded focus, and that's telecoms and tech. And that's all I want to do. And I just want to enjoy it. I want to make enough money. Um, and I want to help other people now as well. Why I really enjoy now is taking people like Druvin and Arif and all those guys on journeys where you know I can lend my experience or my network or whatever it is. So, yes, of course, there are lots of exciting things you can do. But um, time is the most important thing. And I want to have lots of time with my family as well so there's that balance um so I, i'll continue enjoying reading about the sector but <laughs> how do you how do you have that balance by the way you know you have 130 people that work for you in motherboard uh, employs 130 people and um, family uh, kids yeah I don't know your hours, what your hours are like. Yeah. Actually, what are your hours like? <laughs> so, so in the in the first ten years, my balance was really bad. You know, if I'm honest, I've not been there enough with my youngest kids in okay. the early years. Despite numerous times people telling me you're going to miss it, you you know you should be there. Mr. Hamir, is yeah, so he was there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so in my early years, as I was building 
not enough time. And of course, in business, you in those early phases, you've got to put the time in and you've got to have a real good understanding with your partner and your family and, and everything. Now I have the ability to buy that time. So I've brought in enough people. I have I, I bring in the right experience, bring in people that are better than me. Because I'm not the best of what I do. Mm. I've got there are much more talented people out there than me. Um, I'm just the vision. So I will I've moved into the CEO role. I'm the vision. Execution is up to everyone else now. So I don't need to get involved in that. And that gives me lots of time. Um, so Monday, Tuesdays, lots of meetings with people. And those days are normally 9 a.m. start and 7. You wake up early? No, I'm terrible at waking oh, up are you? And I'm always late for a 9 a.m. meeting. Okay. So you are on time for this podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You told me a little bit after 6.30. So I was like, okay, so let me get there at 6.34. <laughs> so, um, so 9 a.m. start Monday to Tuesday um, till 6, 7. Uh, mostly meetings with my teams, agencies, setting them up for the week. Wednesday to Friday, I just keep myself free and don't really have much on um, other than a couple of meetings here and there, but okay. lots more thinking time. Amazing. And then I can just jump into things and annoy people and find out what's going on and, you know. Okay. Just plan. make sure everything's getting done. Yeah. So Monday, uh, Wednesday to Friday, lots of time. Um, and then I make sure that I get my exercise in and all those things. So Amazing, I, yeah. I'm trying to commit myself to doing 15 kilometers a week in running. Um, a week a week yeah you should be doing more than that yeah, really yeah, yeah, you should be doing more than that I th- for a moment I thought you said a day and I thought that's too much <laughs> so, three so to five a day I think yeah so uh, oh no no but that's but running so I'm, I'm running on, oh you're running running yeah yeah, yeah. running okay I thought yeah. you were saying steps no no no, no 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 so okay, that's, that's on top of my daily steps okay and everything. on top of that you're doing 15, yeah. okay, that's, 15k okay, okay, so, so, sorry, that's, so 5k on the treadmill amazing today I did four it was really bad um, so yeah four in how long in 26 minutes amazing it's quite yeah. good yeah it's not bad um but um and that's the other thing like it's not a sprint business and you've got to enjoy it right and if you're going to enjoy it you have to keep yourself healthy entrepreneurship has the highest death rate as a early death rate wow. as a category of jobs and things like that than any other category of jobs and the re- one of the big reasons is people don't take care of themselves because they're so busy yeah. focused on their work so that's another thing you know i've learned that you know getting on a bit now right um so i need to make sure that i take care of myself healthy eating um you know our diet you know if you've been to our mosque it's not the best right yeah um the so curries that we get <laughs> served in the biryanis yes <laughs> even though we love them <laughs> if there's no biryani we're not going yeah exactly <laughs> so diet exercise you know all that stuff i think is super important um now as well I think whenever I think it's, it's, it's and everyone, holidays, actually, of course, I think whenever reaches gets close to that mm-hmm. forty, yeah, number, they start thinking about diet, yeah, exactly, exercise, exactly. health, and I think of course they're important. You know, just like we have, um, you, we spoke about your your spiritual level. Mm. Um, you, you have to obviously s- stay fit, and it's amazing that you you know you've divided your time now. Where you know Wednesday to. to Friday, yeah, I think that's that's quite important because it's just time is your balance. It's the balance between that. Um, you spoke about um, fundraising for uh, Oxford. Yeah, um, 
we're just fundraising for Click now as well. So we're just going through a round now. So if someone's got, you know, a startup and he's yeah. thinking about what, what's the best way forward with that? So I there's two routes you can take with fundraising. Okay. So the first route is you have you have an idea, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, you haven't really got that much revenue. Okay. Um, my personal preference is that if you are in that position, then go and prove it first. Spend as you know, try and hustle with your friends and family and whoever, and try and prove the model. Then go and try and raise money because otherwise you're going to get diluted too early. So if you think of like, um, uh, you know, like for example, the Oki Shield business, we could have raised at two hundred thousand when we're doing two hundred thousand pounds, and a business like that would have been valued at a million quid, normally three to five times revenue, mm-hmm. um, maybe a million if we were really stretching it. Um, and if we wanted to raise a hundred thousand, we'd have needed to give away ten percent, two hundred thousand, twenty percent. We dug in, we hustled, we have n- had made no profits or anything from the business. We've just reinvested everything over the last two years. Now we've done a funding round at six million. At you turned down Dragon's Den. Turned down <laughs> Dragon's Den. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, and we've got a million pounds in the bank now to then really turn this into a big brand. And we've only given away about 13% of the business. Amazing. So, um, and it depends what your end goal and objective is as well. Okay. So you've got a hustle at the beginning. Absolutely. And and in Oxshield, it's not about making profits right now. And it might sound strange to say, but we're building something which we can then exit later down the line. Okay, so right now it's about building the revenue because that's what someone's going to buy. Your customer base, your revenue, that's what someone's going to buy and the affinity for the brand. So that's what we've got to build and that's what we need the money for. In years three, four, maybe, you know, we will make a little bit of cash, you know, maybe a little bit of profit. But if our revenue is at 20, 30 million, then the business is worth a lot of money and that's what someone's going to invest in. And that brings me on to also the type of investor that you want is someone that's aligned with your objectives. So mm. if your objectives are to generate profits and you just need to get over a small hurdle to get there, then you want an investor that wants those returns as well because they're going to help you. And that, you know, an investor is not just someone who just sticks money in. There's someone that is a partner and they're going to help you with your network or um, you know, growing your business, opening up new channels, whatever it is. Alhamdulillah, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what you've done with Oxshield. Um, I hope that the those that are um, thinking about going into um, becoming an entrepreneur can, can learn from you. And I'm glad that you're also, uh, from what I know, anyone that's come for advice, you're, you're helping them. Alhamdulillah, we've got a few brothers now in our community. You mentioned uh, Hassan. Yeah, uh, Azim Shata when he, you know, he was always someone that would, I know, whenever people would go to him, he'd give advice, um, and yourself. So I, I'm, and there's, of course, others. Yeah, for sure. Um, that you might know, but I would, I want to ask you if you know, what would you tell yourself today, hmm. from what you know, maybe 15 years ago? What would you tell Asset 15 years ago? <laughs> What advice would you give us at 15 years ago, now that you've been on this journey? Um, I would say you need to maintain the intensity and the the focus. Um, in, when you're growing a business, it needs that energy and intensity to your work. 
and you've got to be effervescent you know because that's what drives your customers your everything your marketing you know all that stuff so i think that's key and i think from a from when i started i was always good at that but what i also did was i brought in some of the other people at the right times um i think what i would say though is stay true to who you are i think it's really important um and um just go for it i think that's really important um but at the same time i always say this people business is about not taking risks it's about managing risks so you've got to have your cash flows your you know as a as a business person you're always the person that's glass half full so as well as having the numbers and all that you've got to have the people around you who are maybe a little bit more pessimistic you know are telling you you know what if it doesn't happen what you know what are you going to do um and i th- so i think that's the final thing i'll say surround yourself with the right people learn from them don't think you know it all cuz you never will i'm sure that the you know sometimes people go through you know you spoke about energy and that's what uh, that's what i want to ask about you know are there days where alhamdulillah maybe not recently but at the beginning when you thought uh, what am i doing i i'm i'm going to give this up mm yeah uh, how do you sure. deal with that for sure i mean if when i went through the business failure for example i was like you genuinely think like am i actually good at this yeah or am i like am i just um telling a lie here um and it it's tough right because you you go through something so hard like you lose money you feel like you let people down all that kind of stuff um but i think you just got to in the, in those situations um you go into a dark place you just got to get yourself out of it and just remember and think about the things that brought you to that place and and it's about the small inches so it's doing doing the small things you know really really well and building up again and that's what i did at that point was it just slowly built you know step by step and realized that you know it was a mistake and mistakes can happen and we've learned and now you know we've obviously um continued what do you think the future for for yourself is for motherboard for asset how do you see yourself in maybe 10 15 years so i'm excited about a few things um your 12 year old inshallah will take over yeah exactly <laughs> that's definitely something i'm looking forward inshallah. to so um but um yeah i want to i want to continue growing the portfolio um so investing in some more people so amazing people hopefully some more from our communities um uh i want to continue growing other businesses that i'm doing um i'm actually interested in setting up a foundation as well that's another part of my business that i'm looking to grow and, and open up um with particular focus on digital and technology and skills and helping people um who maybe don't have access to tech or don't have access to the skills um that are needing needed in today's world how can we help them um so i'm really keen on that side of things um and um yeah i think i think also um you know i've been lucky right i you know i've been lucky i took a took a risk with the 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 phone store but uh, you know i was 22 23 but i've been lucky in in many ways and you ride your luck right um and i've learned a lot so i really do want to do much more of this and hopefully share much more 
um, and hopefully help other people as much as I can. Inshallah, may your may your luck continue. Yeah. Uh, if someone wants to get in touch, how would they get in touch with Asset? So Twitter account or LinkedIn? Um, not not so good on Twitter. Okay. But definitely LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. So LinkedIn is um, Asad Hamir. Um, and Instagram Asad Hamir as well. well. We'll put it on the bottom of the screens, inshallah. Yeah. Guys will put that. Great. So that's that's them getting in touch with you. Thank you for making time no, for pleasure. the progeny. Um, I enjoyed this podcast and I hope that um, people can benefit from this. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you.